Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Ziplining across a vast valley, roasting s'mores beside the lake, whitewater rafting, relaxing beside an ocean view pool. Well, trying to at least. There are lots of great things to dream about doing in South Carolina. So when you're ready to visit, South Carolina is ready to make those dreams a reality. From a classic road trip to a relaxing weekend getaway, South Carolina is open for discovery. Start planning today at discoversouthcarolina.com. This episode of the About Last Night podcast is sponsored by CISO. Do you love comedy? Well, you're listening to this podcast, so of course you do. We're hilarious. Do you enjoy Taryn Killam, Pete Davidson, and Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live? How about Stand Up from Roy Scoble? Retta from Parks and Rec? Well, they have all been guests on this podcast, and they all have content on CISO. What is CISO? CISO is a comedy streaming service tailor-made for comedy lovers like you and me. And me! Yeah. I'm doing the ad this time, Adam! Sorry. It's got thousands of hours of great content available for you, 365, 24-7. Great shows like Saturday Night Live, The Office, Monty Python. It's all there at CISO.com. Go to CISO, S-E-E-S-O, dot com right now to stream all the comedy you want for free. How much? I said it was free, Adam! All right. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the episode, wherever you're getting it right now. Uh, iTunes, your iPhone, Android, Stitcher, uh, aboutlastnightpodcast.com, which you can get all past and present episodes. Uh, we appreciate the support and, uh, and all those iTunes ratings as well. Uh, if you haven't done so, do it right now where you're listening to the intro before we get into the episode. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Comment on the iTunes page. Uh, helps us climb the charts and, uh, and you know, gives you a chance to be considered a fan of the week and win some free ALN merch. Um, so many great episodes coming up. Uh, Monday, of course, is the big one, Goo Goo Dolls. That episode drops Monday, May 2nd. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Tell your friends. Uh, it's going to be featured on the iTunes podcast page because uh, their album drops May 6th called Boxes. And uh, our interview with them, which drops Monday, May 2nd, will be uh, coincided with their album drop. So that's going to be a cool feature. Um, some extra love for the pod. So make sure you're subscribed so you can get that Goo Goo Dolls episode on Monday. Today's episode is just as cool as the Goo Goo Dolls, if not cooler. Our guest is Eddie Burke, who is a bartender at the Hollywood Improv on Melrose Avenue. He's been in L.A. since 76, bartending since 79 at the Hollywood Improv. What the fuck? I don't know how many years that is, because that's why I got into comedy, <laughs> to not have to do math. I think it's, let's see, 20, 36, 37 years? Holy fucking shit. 37 years. That's a long time. Um, wow. I haven't even, dude, what's 37 years at one, at one job? Who else can say they've done that? And been as good at that job and exuded as much love and kindness and, uh, you know, embodies so much camaraderie. And what the Hollywood Improv is, you know, a great club, friends, family, customers, 
where everybody can hang, where everybody knows your name. Eddie knows your name. He's been there for 37 fucking years. Um, you know, a lot of people who go to the improv a lot, comics especially, know Eddie. And they know how great he is and how gracious he is and, you know, fair and sweet and likable. And it's become really a staple of this comedy club. And, uh, you know, he doesn't... Uh, how many interactions do you have with people like that outside of a comedy club? You know, even as comics, we just have so many on-the-surface conversations at clubs and we're out and about. And, you know, it takes going on the road with somebody or, or um, you know, developing some sort of rapport outside. Um, and hang out outside of the world of, of our business to really get to know somebody. And, you know, enough was enough. I'd been around Eddie now for, I guess, nine years since I started stand-up. And, uh, and one day I was just like, Eddie, have you done a podcast he's like one and i was like do you want to do brad nice because i feel like you'd be awesome and i feel like a lot of people would want to hear you talk and and give some insight and backstory into your life pre-improv and also you know currently like the 37 years behind that bar as he'll get into the uh you know tell you guys on this episode i mean from seeing robin williams develop and jerry seinfeld and johnny carson coming to shows and just what what the comedy scene in what LA was like 30 years ago is really in, incredibly intriguing and Eddie breaks it down um, so well and uh, and you know just the eyes and the ears of the club and what he sees and some of the advice he has for young comics and Eddie's life pre-comedy he was a um, behavioral uh, teacher in Harlem for for a handful of years um, his his folks were in showbiz um, we get into a lot of stuff. It's it's one of my favorite uh, pods we've done in a long time. Um, Eddie was great. It's about a 95-minute conversation. It flew by. That's how great Eddie is. Um, so enjoy the hell out of this episode. Tell Eddie you loved it when you see him at the Improv, because I know it'll mean a lot to him, because uh, he he doesn't do this a lot, uh, as he mentions. This was only his second podcast. And, uh, you know, he's the man. And uh, tell him how much you love him and how great of a job he does, because... It's a thankless job back there, and I think it, uh, you know, he's so great and such a staple of our lives in comedy that you just take it for granted. So, um, a lot of fun. Enjoy this episode. Uh, I don't think Eddie is on Twitter. I looked for it, couldn't find it. So, that's why <laughs> give him a uh, favorite, his, you know, favorite a, a live tweet to his face. He's not on Twitter, so whatever that would be, I guess a live compliment. Is that the equivalent of a, of a modern day favorite of a tweet? I don't know. All right, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Follow the podcast on Twitter at ALN Podcast. It's at ALN Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Adam Ray 33 on Instagram. Brad is Brad Williams Comic. Uh, tonight through Saturday, I'm in Boston, Massachusetts at Laugh Boston, headlining for the first time at this club. I'm really pumped. Uh, I brought my buddy Avery Pearson out. Going to do some stand-up. Going to do some improvised music. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com. And come out and see me uh, tonight, April 28th through April 30th. Uh, it's going to be a blast. And then next weekend, I am in D.C. at the Draft House uh, in Washington, D.C. It's a brand new club. Only been open a few months. Get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com. That's May 6th and 7th, two shows each night. Bring in Avery Pearson again to do some more music. We're also bringing my buddy Josh Adam Myers, of course, from the goddamn Comedy Jam. Uh, he's going to feature and uh, and bring the heat as well. Uh, Brad Williams, where's Brad going to be? Well, tonight through um, through May 1st. Tonight through Sunday, Brad is in Syracuse, New York at the Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York. Go see Brad tonight through Sunday. 
Funny Bone, Syracuse, New York. Get your tickets at funnybone.com. And then Brad will be in Dayton, Ohio, May 12th through the uh, through the 15th at the Funny Bone in Dayton, Ohio. So go see Brad there. Uh, get your tickets again at funnybone.com. Uh, of course, at storymerchandise.com for all your ALN merch, hats, mugs, shirts, posters, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com. Go there, get your merch, bring it to the shows. We'll sign it. We'll take pictures uh, and, and all that. We love the emails and tweets you guys have been sending. Uh, really appreciate the support. Uh, one in particular, this week's ALN Fan of the Week is William Hammock. That's right. William Hammock um, lives in Las Vegas. He's seen Brad and I both a handful of times. I'm going to read you a couple excerpts from his email that he sent uh, to aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com, which is the podcast email. If you guys ever have notes or news or um, just sweet sentiments like White, like Will sent, uh, send it to us at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. William Hammock, you are the ALN fan of the week. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. He said, uh, we first heard Brad on Kevin and Bean when mentioned the hot topic in Brea, and we knew instantly who he was because I grew up in Brea, and we shopped at that store for years. We've lived in Vegas since 206, to, I'm sorry, 2006, but our hearts have very much stayed in SoCal. After hearing Adam's Wolverine wine glass story from the first episode, we were hooked. The earliest episodes of ALN were very nostalgic for us. Like uh, Brad, I also worked in Disneyland and was a character bodyguard once. My wife and I met in a parking lot in Fullerton at Slidebar, which was then called The Hub, and was also an 80s arcade called Regan Years. Listening to the podcast has been like a connection to the past, to the places and people we love and miss. Our 19-month-old daughter last year, uh, we made a point of having her first comedy special be Brad's Fun Size, and the amazing thing was she had just learned to clap the month before, and when everyone clapped at the end, she stood up and clapped too. I mean, that's adorable. Wow, what else? Every once in a while, my mother-in-law will catch an episode as me and my wife are around her driving around town. She went crazy for the last Brent Warren episode because she loved hearing about her hometown hard-hitting New Britain, although she said uh, the town was really quaint in the 50s. His special on Netflix is one of our favorites. Uh, we also love the Sandy Danto and Polly Shore episodes. Uh, we uh, turned our friends... On to uh, Adam Devine and Ruben Paul and uh, Maj Jabrani, Eric Griffin. Um, wow. We're currently dealing with the fact that my wife's uncle was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer. And listening to the Quincy Jones episode was very uplifting. I hope it can be somewhat of a reminder that comedy is more important than you think it is. Trust me, as a programmer my whole life, podcasts are way more important than coffee. Coffee gets you through the day. Podcasts get you through the month. The sweetest email ever, William Hammock. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the podcast support. Glad we can bring some joy uh, to your life, man. And and, um, we ain't stopping. So uh, you are the ALN Fan of the Week. Send me your address to aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com and we'll send you some ALN merch. Also, thank you for continuing to watch Separation Anxiety, my uh, game show with Eliza Schlesinger on TBS. Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. TBS. DVR it. Watch it. Love it. Tell your friends every Tuesday. Got about six or seven episodes left. 10 p.m. TBS. Separation Anxiety. Uh, thanks for all your support on that. And uh, again, Goo Goo Dolls episode Monday. Get ready. It's going to be amazing. Uh, now that we got the tour dates out of the way, those are the Twitter handles. That's all the merch info. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only bartender at the Hollywood Improv for 37 years. It's our buddy, Eddie Burke. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you see? 
After I moved down here, and it was uh, we had people. Roseanne Arquette lived in the building. Jesus, um, put those else? on from the store. Uh, Argus Hamilton. Oh yeah. Uh, his buddy Ali Prater, who I was telling Brad burned the improv down. Try- Ali Prater is the guy. I think Ollie I saw George. S- uh, tapes of him from the comedy store. He was yeah. the, the big guy with yeah. the beard and the yeah. cowboy hat, oh, who just were, didn't give a fuck. They, yeah, neither did Argus. Really, (laughs) they were like uh, I don't know what, but they were like uh, he would just Argus basically fuck this eighty-year-old woman. This is thirty years ago when she. It was like it was ridiculous. Wow, it was it was nuts. The only, (laughs) I mean, I guess that's Hollywood, right? I mean, like, how do you? I guess I don't know. I heard a uh, a tour bus. uh, It wasn't even a TMZ. It was just a. It said Cabo Cantina on the side. I don't know if Cabo Cantina does guided Hollywood tours, but the woman, I'm at the stoplight, and I hear her. Um, she goes, she, I, I catch the end of her like sentence, and she goes, she goes, and that's Hollywood. She goes, hey, you know what? There's just a lot of really weird people out here. And she goes, everywhere you look, you could see somebody kind of crazy. And she's starting to kind of turn to the right. And I, my window was down, and they were right next to me, and I wanted to kind of like scream out the window like, <laughs> ah, 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 there's bats everywhere. You know, just to kind of play into her bullshit of yeah. making fun of my city. Right. And just, it, 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 it's and true. If you, look, if you look to the right, you see a guy that was in an episode of According to Jim. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's in his car. Well, there's, you know. We can only hope that people are that uh, up to date on Adam Ray's IMDb page. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is, is that it, that is the truth. Yeah. Everybody. Hug that mic for us, Eddie. You can pull it up close to you, whatever. Yeah. Everybody, but um, what is it? Everybody from some town somewhere who was like really a lunatic, and everybody said you could make it in uh, mm-hmm. in Hollywood. They end up here. Yeah. So all these little towns get rid of their little uh, their little crazies and yeah. they come here. Well, look at you, Adam. <laughs> I was Seattle's finest crazy. I mean, yeah, you 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 were you, you were top shelf crazy in yeah. Seattle. I mean, you have to be to we, come down here. To, I mean, it, it does take. It does take something. I don't know if you want to say crazy or wrong with you to to get into this business in the first place because the odds are in, insanely against you. I prefer to call it the uh, artistic creativity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of the human being <laughs> yeah. that, that comes to Hollywood. And I mean, you've been here for how long? I've been here since 1976. Wow, there you go. That's right. So coming I, from so you from, from New what York. Area? New, New York, York City. Okay. Born and raised in Manhattan. Oh wow! Uh, I had, and I believe it or not, I did have a life before. Of course, you know? of course. <laughs> before I got out here. No, well, what, this is like no, <laughs> you've been behind that bar <laughs> yeah. forever. You were born behind that bar. This is like when we, when when you were a kid and you saw your teacher at the grocery store. You you you'd just be like, wait, wait, what? They <laughs> they exist outside of the classroom? Well, no. that's exactly right because I was a teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. Surprisingly oh, enough, I was a teacher and a, a dean of students, a behavioral counselor in uh, Harlem in New York. No kidding? No kidding. Yeah. It's like... Uh, How do you fall into that job? Well, it's when I got out of college, it was like, uh, you know, I kind of got out to to teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have, see, I have a whole long history. You, you don't have enough time on this show. Well, we'll do a part two if we have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like... Have um, you done a podcast before, by the way? I did Eddie Ips podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I'm a little picky. <laughs> well, we, well we us pumped. and talking sure. shit with Eddie F. Yeah, we, this right. is the we creme de la creme in a podcast. I only do the best. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's only the top me. shelf crazies. <laughs> but I, uh, let's see, I, I uh, attended the High School of Performing Arts in New York. Yeah. Uh, for a year, left that because they didn't have a baseball team, and I was into baseball. I wanted to play baseball. What you want to be a pro player? <laughs> yeah, I played. I went to co- uh, college what? on a partial scholarship. Holy shit! I what had, position were you? Uh, third base. Third base. So yeah. you had, so you had a gun on you. I did at that time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I, the bullets are empty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen I, I've seen the way you slid you've slid drinks down that bar. Yeah. It it hurts my hand when I catch my cranberry juice. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you you flatter me. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, so were you in a bunch of plays and musicals? I mean. In uh, in high school, yeah. yeah. In uh, I did a you know in at the high school performing arts, I did a few plays and and all. And uh, but actually in the city, I I didn't pursue it after high school. And then after teaching for seven years, I said like, that's enough. Let me let me see what else I can do. And and uh, a friend of mine moved out here, and so I followed him, and and we kind of like uh, you know we lived together for a little while. I'm, this doesn't sound right. It's not a gay guy. <laughs> I mean, nobody's assuming anything. We don't judge, though. It, right. it is. That's you know what? It's but, so fucked up that like dudes have to say, like people. Even like when Brad and I like spend a significant amount of time together, and and every now and then, like I've caught myself when somebody was like, uh, like Brad and I went to Cabo together on a dude vacation, and maybe I guess in this day and age, you have to like. I caught myself being like, we Brad and I went to Cabo, like. Just as friends, and I was like, God, like, why did I even have to yeah, say why, that? Yeah, why? Yeah, why? Assuming because there's somebody out there that was like, oh, cool, like, were you a bottom or top? And I was like, well, bottom, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you do have to say that because all the things I read about you two in the restroom is like, you know, it's like okay, at least, at least now. Hey, we my know bathroom, it's not true. <laughs> my bathroom etiquette is at an all time high, and by that I mean don't talk to me while my dick's out. Exactly. That's oh, fine. Well, that's that's with any guy, you know. We're, yeah. all, we're all a little shy, but you know, I really. <laughs> don't like to to show mine because it, it really makes people feel bad <laughs> i don't think i don't I think you're lying there Eddie. yeah yeah I, uh, I've heard the stories. All. Uh, and, and so now you now you move out with your buddy to la to pursue a career in acting but it, it's not like you're coming from des moines iowa like you're in manhattan was there ever a thought to stay there and try um, to pursue show business no not really because it was kind of like uh time to just get out of new york just wanted to Mm-hmm. You know, make a change and uh, now the te- I want to real quick before we move to you coming to LA. The teaching of you in New York was uh, who again? I was the kids. Like, what were you? I taught. Ju- I was a behavioral counselor, a dean in uh, intermediate school ten on 149th Street and wow. 10th Avenue in Harlem, in New York. So your patience. I mean, you have the ultimate patience. Well, how do you think I learned how to be a uh, bartender. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So yeah. There's got to. There's got to. The there's got to be some comparisons between the crazies you've dealt with at the improv over the years, between some of the behaviors and the uh, personalities. No, actually, the crazies here are 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 much crazier <laughs> than, than the kids I dealt with. What would you do with these? You're welcome. <laughs> How would you um, like? What were some of the things you would have to, I guess, do control? As a dean? Yeah. Well, if, whenever there was a problem, I was the one that was called, you know, mm-hmm. to, to take care of it. You know, if there were belligerent students or crazy students or whatnot. And uh, it was still a time back then when there were like, uh, you know, um, 
with all the racial tension and and all that. That yeah, because uh, you were in Harlem, you said. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was, and that was in the '60s. No, that's, uh, come on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that old. Jesus, it, Brad. Early well, 70s. all right. It was the early 70s. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> but uh, Jesus, do I look that old? Brad? <laughs> no, 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 not, right. no, not at all. Uh, that's yeah, that's why I said it with all of us. Yeah, that's why I said it with hesitation. It's a good thing because my gun is loaded. <laughs> you do have a very calming, like yet intimidating uh, presence about you. So I can I can see why these kids like you. I don't know if you would get in their face what your tactics were, but I'm assuming they worked. Well, they it, it was uh, it it did get physical at times. Yeah, it's like wow. I mean there was one occasion where. I had to wrestle a gun from a kid, and another occasion where I had to. And now this is now remember this is not every day, but yeah. this is another occasion where I had to wrestle a knife from a kid. But uh, um, surprisingly enough, there is a comedian who you will know that was a student at that school when I was teaching there, and his name is G. Riley. G. Riley, wow. yeah, yeah, we know G. Yeah, he. Uh, it was funny. It's like one day I heard him talking at the bar. Uh, to somebody, and and he mentioned IS-10, and I went like, wow, hey, did you go to IS-10? And yeah. he said, yeah, it's, you know, and, and I started working there when the school first opened. So it was, he had to have been a student when I was there. We didn't know each other or, right. or mm-hmm. anything like that, but it was kind of coincidental that he was, he was a student there That's amazing. while I was teaching, and, and now he's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> amazing how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of passed you up. Now, do you see like videos, because now like, there's a whole thing about how teachers are kind of helpless against kids, yeah. where they they're not allowed to really yell at them or no paddling or like now if you aggressively confront a child and the parent comes at you like what was it like being a teacher then because if you're wrestling guns and knives from kids obviously and the kids are fighting back yeah (laughs) that's very true you're like you're not exactly thinking about lawsuits in your head no that that you know it was a different time if i told you what really went on uh, there would be a lot of people in a lot of trouble. I mean, it, I think that it, goes for a lot of the seventies. It, it does. There were no cell phones, right? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. No cell phones. No, no, no Twitter. No cameras everywhere. So you didn't have to. You didn't have to watch yourself so much. No, but there, there. It, getting back to that, it was there was a lot of physicality, a lot of, uh, wow. uh, um, you know, paddling of kids, <laughs> sure. let's say, and uh, you know, but at the same time. You know, there were kids, we had one kid that uh, at the age of 13 killed somebody and uh, six months later walked back into school because what? he was only 13 years old. Oh, couldn't try him. No. They, and uh, he walked into to school and I kid you not, they, the other kids applauded him. Some of the kids applauded him when he walked How back How hated was this kid who got murdered? Uh, I don't know too much about him yeah. other than yeah. that he owed this kid money, told the kid he wasn't going to pay him, and the kid said, fine, bang. <laughs> just Jeez. as simple as that. And then he just walks right back into school. like Pretty much. Well, that was on a little vacation. Yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> I mean, and the kid really, that particular kid was not a problem in school. He didn't do anything, like he didn't do work or anything. He yeah. just sat there, you know, when it was cold or rainy outside. But, you know, let, let me add to this that it was really... Working with these kids was a trip. I really loved it. Of course. Yeah, these, you these seem like you love like kids. The, I do. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's other people's kids, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, it's, I've, I, I, they're, they're the pure 
part of of our our world you know yeah. they're they're not um jaded yet unaffected you know most mm-hmm. of the adults haven't tortured them yeah. you know they're like uh you you know you can talk to them they have honest opinions and and mm-hmm. that sort of thing but uh for the most part it was i left because it was i got tired of dealing with the system you couldn't get anything done you know the kids i found out at one point now i was at this school for seven years and i found out when i got into that position as as dean that i was the only person that went to get one of our kids a scholarship in a private school nobody in the in the guidance department they just didn't do it you know they just kind of let it go and and like i got this one kid a, a a scholarship or helped him get a scholarship to a private school and found out that i was the first one to do this and i i didn't think it was any great you know uh shakes on my part i just thought it was something that came along and and you helped the kid out that yeah. was part of your job and then th- but it was never done before in this school did you kind of look around at all the other teachers like come on what gives oh like, yeah not all yeah. the other uh, there were a lot of good teachers but there were yeah. a lot of teachers that had kind of given up and a lot of people that were doing this job because they couldn't get fired you know because yeah. of tenure and stuff mm-hmm. like that but you know that's that's the way uh the cookie crumbles. <laughs> were, so were there uh, were there funny kids? Like were there definitely you have favorites, right? Like there's kids that maybe uh, oh they're, they're usually with me. The toughest kids were my favorites. Yeah, you know the ones because you get through to them. Yeah, you also know that these kids have had a tough home life and right. and things haven't uh, been easy for them. I mean, I, I I can't I haven't even touched the surface of of you know like having. A couple of parents come in with guns looking for me because of something what? that happened with their kids. What? what? You, like, you like suspended the kid or something? Yeah, or the, that it, was exactly it. That whoa. was exactly it. And they're, and they're walking the halls, essentially well, like, they, where's Eddie? Yeah, pretty much. They, uh, they went um, – the kid got suspended. He was sent home, and on his way home, he runs into his drunk aunt and uncle – who come up to the school with, with uh, guns and you know they they weren't shooting or anything, but they had guns on them. Yeah. And uh, fortunately for me, they didn't find me. I mean, I didn't even know they were in the school when the whole thing went down. Holy shit! <laughs> and it no was uh, one of the uh, assistant principals and one of the um, one of the security guards uh, ran into them. And God. the security guard goes to the guy, uh, you need to take your hat off. You can't wear a hat in here. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the guy goes, I ain't taking my fucking hat off. And the guard goes, oh, you are taking your hat off. And the guy opens his jacket and shows the 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 drunk guy his gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you don't shut that jacket, I'm going to shove that gun up your ass. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, those were our security guards, too. I mean, you They've unfortunately... That didn't yeah, face him. No, it didn't. It, you had to have it. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't even know that that had happened until it was over. Wow. You know, because uh, I was somewhere else in the building. Yeah. You know what? At that I point. mean, and that's just... And I, I've heard stories today about, like, and a lot of people complain about how overprotective parents are today in terms of uh not wanting to find any fault in their child and it's always the system's fault it's always it's always the teacher's fault never the kid never themselves but it sounds like that's something that's been going on kind of forever oh it has yeah and it's a combination of everything it's mm -hmm. not just uh the parent's fault or the teacher's fault it's both yeah it's uh you know there are a lot 
I mean, a lot of really good and dedicated teachers. Mm-hmm. But And then there's a small handful of teachers that are really not good in there to just collect a paycheck. They're, they're there uh, to get the three months off in the summer. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's it. And and those people ruin it for everybody else because it takes just one, you know, what do they say, one rotten apple to spoil a bunch or yeah. something like that. And, yeah. and that's all it takes. You. Five teachers could have a, a, a great learning experience with kids, and one teacher will spoil it, and it makes it more difficult for the other teachers yeah. to get them under control and, and that sort of thing. So, it, and, and granted, parents are, are not my favorite people when it comes to kids. <laughs> I bet. Do you have more? Yeah. I mean, you must look at most, uh, I guess, when you hear about people becoming new parents. I mean, do you... There is no like rule book for parenting, and I guess you hear from parents all the time, and I know from my sister where she's like, you know, you try to take like what your parents did and maybe do things differently, or like from what your friends do, or from what you see on TV and books. But like, it's really kind of a learn as you go, right? That's exactly right. I mean, you know, because my kids are older now and they're they're adults, people say, well, how did you do it? I, there is, like you said, there is no set way. I just tell my my advice to people is don't take advice from anybody. <laughs> it's a learning process yeah. you know you, you as long as you're not going to kill the kid you right. know you, I, think, yeah, you, I think there's a couple <laughs> standard rules yeah. don't kill them yeah. don't, uh, don't, uh, don't kill their friends yeah if the kid says they're cold don't put them in the microwave to heat them up like, <laughs> like, like just like basic yeah. rules like that just a couple yeah. basic ones but introduce them to as much Lionel Richie and porn as possible I mean, at sure. an early age just to be like look this is what's out there that's exactly right yeah. well, that, that's exactly the way that's why I said it's a learning process yeah. you have to find out which porn site is the right one to go for <laughs> for each kid. You know? yeah, well, you got, we got to do That's a lot of experimentation. Parent. What do you, uh, you must have, so, I mean, you must have taken some things from your uh, Dean days and, I mean, definitely applied it to your own. Mm-hmm. Or also, did it make you more um, lenient towards your own kids being like, all right, at least they're not what I'm dealing with over here. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think it made me more lenient, but you'd have to ask my kids that question. <laughs> they um, probably have very different answers. Yeah, I guarantee you they do. <laughs> they, uh, it's, um, you know, I, I learned that, that kids are going to be kids no matter what yeah. or who they are. You know, they're going to do things because they are kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to punish them because you because you have the power to punish them yeah, you know it, it's uh it's just the way it is it's you don't necessarily learn from dealing with with kids as a teacher as how to to deal with your kids because your kids are are very different from your kids yeah yeah you know well, from wait, anybody you looked at me i have kids yeah. oh, <laughs> oh you shit you know about that oh god i mean <laughs> St. Louis was a kind of a blur a couple months ago, but they've been, they, he's been talking to him at the improv. Oh, no, they, they, they just I don't walk wanna, in constantly looking for uh, the guy from the heat. I don't I don't want to mention the women, so I'll just <laughs> let it go there. But I feel like parenting is very. There's a lot of similarities to comedy, where it's like you know you're you have like many victories, right? Like along the way, like you, these moments where you go, I, wow, but you never completely figure it out. Right. Like with us, like you have a great set or you get into a festival or you finally get a, a sold out weekend and you're like, oh, wow, like now I'm a headliner. But it's like same thing, like your kid maybe gets into a school and whatever. And you're like, awesome. Like, mm-hmm. or is there a moment where you go, OK, cool. I think I've got this parenting thing. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I can remember with my son, it, it was we were, my wife and I are sitting on the sofa watching TV. My son's three or four years old. He's eating M&Ms and he turns to us and he goes. This tastes like shit. 
And I love this kid. M and M's. That's an American classic. I look at her and she looks at me and we go like, I didn't. I never. We didn't curse in front of him. Yeah, yeah. And he's. We love M and M's. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he said, he said Skittles. I could have been on board with this. But yeah. What, no. what, what did What did you just say? Yeah. And he, you said this tastes like shit. And it's just like it's nothing. And what happened was we had just seen the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. And in that movie, if I remember correctly, one of the uh, turtles takes a bite of pizza and says, this tastes like shit. And that's exactly where he got it from. Wow. And we're like, oh, boy, are we in for it? So when he had his first sexual experience, did he say cowabunga at the top of his lungs? <laughs> cowabunga <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that's that's got to be a trip because you, you, you realize, like you say, as careful as you are, all that you tried to do to protect and all, and all that you did to be sure that to be a positive influence, still one line from one movie get, it gets in and then – he sees his favorite character mm-hmm. say it tastes like shit. He goes, oh, that's what you do. That's right. That's that's, ex- and, and even when you eat something delicious like M&M's, you say, oh, that tastes like shit. That's amazing. <laughs> that, that's why it's a learning process. No and, and there is no set rules for anybody. You just you, go for it. Are you closer to your kids? Yeah. You mm-hmm. have two, you said, yeah? Two, yeah. I have a, a girl who's uh, 32. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my son is 31. Right. And, and, and yeah, they're, they, my, my son lives about half an hour from us right and my daughter lives with us oh, at great. the moment oh nice there you <laughs> go. yeah temporarily yeah <laughs> emphasis uh, on the temporary yes well that's nice exactly. that you're uh, able to make that an, an option yeah very nice but uh yeah the options closing that's got to be such a tough balance closing. too right because you want to be i would feel like i mean like you know with my nieces you know they're almost seven i want to Give yeah. them and, and anything that, and be there for anything, but then like I definitely realized that there's there's some harm to be done with that. So it's like you there, you have to find those moments to put your foot down. Well, the best thing when it's like your niece, nephew, grandson, granddaughter is that you can go home at night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know it really is. There's no That's comparison yeah. being an uncle or, you're not, or aunt. Yeah, you're not there with them all night long yeah. when they wake up and go, "Mommy, Daddy, I'm hungry. Yeah. My nose hurts. Yeah. My head hurts. My nose hurts." <laughs> yeah, go. Well, now was there a moment in New York and was there a moment being a teacher where you're just like you know what I'm this is it I'm going to LA like 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 was there one thing that made you go now now I'm yeah was it multiple parents pulling guns on you or just that (laughs) how many did you have to take before you finally no there was actually uh, there wasn't a moment but I would say my last year or six months to a year when I started waking up in the morning and no longer wanted to go to work I knew it was time to leave and try mm. something else. And because every other, all the other six and a half years, it was like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I enjoyed doing what I was doing. But the minute the, the, um, whatever, the excitement or, or the, the, uh, God, I can't think of the word. Joy. Well, yeah, whatever wore off, it yeah. was time to go. It was like I could no longer put my whole amount of, energy into it totally i said like you know this this is not the thing to be doing when you can't do that these Mm -hmm. kids deserve more you know your your entire uh attention good for you to recognize that because you know there are people in those positions that just get comfy and ride it out and become stale and stagnant with their um the amount of effort they're putting in 
Well, I and can't the kids t- don't get the best out of that. No, it's true. And I can't tell you how many teachers at that time said to me, like, you know, I'm really, I wish I would, would have done what you're doing now when, when I was your age. Wow. You know, when I was back, a lot of people said that because you get caught up in, in like, okay, I was there seven years. Uh, you start thinking about a pension and this and that. Yeah. And like, you know, but it was just. You wanted kinda, more. Yeah. It was time yeah. to move on. And LA was the place because. LA was the place because. You know, it was like a river that don't know where it's flowing. I took a wrong turn, and I just kept going. Here I am. <laughs> I mean, did you have a plan? Did you have a, like, a... Absolutely not. No, I just, just come out here, here and let's see what mm-hmm. happens. I just got out here. I uh, started studying again with different people, um, and, uh, you know, went from there. I've been fortunate enough to, to work a lot, all smaller roles, and, um, but... I've worked enough to be eligible for a SAG pension yeah. and stuff like that. Awesome. So it, it's like, uh, you know, I just I just went with it. And fortunately, bartending has allowed me the freedom to, like, take off whenever I want to take off if sure. I'm lucky enough to get work. Yeah. So and, and, and just in case anybody out there is listening, I am looking for a theatrical agent. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the man. We cannot recommend him enough. Yeah. Sign him. Yeah. And, and, and comics. Comics have put you in things before, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Adam Devine, uh, Henry Phillips. Yeah. Um, Swartzen put you in Pretend Swartzen Time? put me. I did a couple of episodes of Pretend Time. Yeah, you were great. Um, uh, who else? Uh, I don't know if you know uh, Linda Favilla and Anson Downs. They're, uh, they used to be a... A comedy team, but they are now John Travolta's development uh, people. Wow! And uh, they they wrote their own thing, and they they put me in that. So a number of comics have, have definitely put me in in uh, their stuff. That so. wasn't the um, in the uh, thinking though when you got the job at the Improv, was it? Oh no, absolutely yeah. not. No, that had nothing to do with that. I mean, you know, even though it's you know, uh, I've gotten work from it. That way, it was a job to make money and have the freedom mm-hmm. to. To take off. Did you bartend before that elsewhere? Just for I just started bartending when I moved out here. Oh shit! Just pay just you can have that. Yeah, just have that check. Was there anything? Was there anything about the improv, or was it just close to your apartment, or like basically it? it was close to my apartment, and it was my the. The friend that I had at that time, he was a bartender at the Improv, mm-hmm. and so uh, he got me the job at the Improv, and. Uh, Pretty much, I took uh, Kevin Nealon's place. Oh, shit. Kevin was tending bar at that time. No kidding. And I took his job, and the rest is uh, history. Did uh, What's the hiring process like? Uh, nothing. <laughs> at that time, can, it was Can nothing. you open a beer? Yes. <laughs> All right. Do you that, like beer? That yeah. was pretty much it. I didn't meet Bud till after I was working. Oh, Bud snap. Friedman, yeah. Then I, I finally met him after I was working for uh, a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the other guy hired me, it wasn't very formal back then in the day. It was just Bud. He ran the whole club by himself. And this was in what year again? I think that was 79 or 80. Wow. What is you know? L.A. like at the turn of the end <laughs> the of the turn 70s? of the century? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like that's right a before very... the bicentennial birthday. <laughs> it, it, I'll tell you. I it, mean, it's got to be just night and day different it now. It was a whole different story because back then the improv was pretty much the only game in town. And uh, you had everybody and his mother. I mean, everybody came through this, came through the doors at some point. You can go from, uh, I've, Cher has been there, Clooney's been there, Schwarzenegger, Denzel Washington, Nor- Norm Nixon. 
Um, you name them. You're serving them all drinks. Well, not necessarily serving them, but, but they were there for some function, some <sighs> reason. Everybody. I mean, there's not anybody that that I can think of from back in the day that wasn't walking through those doors because we were the place to be. And who were who were they all coming to see at that point? Uh, benefits, or or uh, you know, you had Jay Leno, you had uh, Robin, uh, definitely Robin Williams and uh, Rick Overton back then yeah. too. God, Rick's been around a long time too. <laughs> And, Ellen uh, was uh, Ellen was there, yeah. Um, just uh, crazy Judy Tenuta, yeah. You know? <laughs> Judy Tenuta uh, with the uh, with the squeeze box, yeah. Just uh, you know, it Carlin? was uh, Carlin. No, no, not too much. Yeah. But it there were just so many. There were only like let's say two hundred and fifty comics at that time. Mm, now there's oh, two hundred and fifty thousand. Right. I know. Yeah. You know. I mean, and and they were all very good comics. Now, if you have two hundred and fifty good comics out of the two hundred and fifty thousand, and I know you two are two of the great comics oh, that, that thanks, we have buddy. going. But um, in 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 this square block, yes, we are two. We <laughs> in are in this two apartment of the best. complex. In Brad and I are there. <laughs> there's a Russian guy in his nineties who says some very fun. some funny shit <laughs> under his eat. breath. It doesn't make any sense, but yeah. it makes me laugh. I'll, I'll I'll give you that credit. I was just talking about at this table, but it's it's it's, uh, it's okay. But uh, back then, it was it was a whole different story. I mean, you just came in there because it was the improv, Mm -hmm. and that was it. And those people, they just came in because it was the improv. A different energy too when it's the only place around, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, there's just got to be another. I mean. L.A. in general, though. I mean, like, what was L.A. like at that time? It was a little bit slower. Yeah. You know, not much. I remember when I first got my apartment, you know, uh, down the street from you, actually. Uh, It was, you know... the rent, I don't even want to tell you what the rent was. Oh, God. <laughs> 25, 25 bucks a month. And you're like, what? Yeah, to give the guy a really sweet high five. Yeah. And he lets you stay there yeah. as long as you wanted. Yeah, actually, I got the apartment because I don't know if you know who Alan Bursky is. Yeah. Yeah, Alan, Alan's father was the, uh, Alan lived in the building. And oh, his father was the uh, manager. And his, I was living with my friend at that point because I had just broken up with a girlfriend and gotten kicked out. What? And <laughs> what? She kicked you out? <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, um, we won't go into that right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. We'll but put a pin time. in that. Uh, Part two. And so the, his father, who was losing his job in the building, said, there's an apartment vacant if you want to take it now. You know, it's... I forget two hundred and sixty five dollars a month. Oh boy. Bedroom mm-hmm. in a den, swimming pool. Wow. I in the know. middle of Hollywood. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically what you know, if I wanted to let my car roll down the hill to the improv, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> so it was it was a different trip back then. So yeah. slower less people, less traffic. I mean like was Well it definitely just- a little less traffic, but you know, you had places that were uh, you know, classic like right down on the corner where um where what is it? Uh, where uh, the theaters are now it used to be Schwab's. I don't know if you like ever where heard the Pantages is, like Hollywood Boulevard, or no, no, no. right on the corner here, um, down where um, those theaters, the uh, movie theaters. The, oh, the uh, Crunch. Yeah, the, 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 oh, the Lemley Five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there used to be Schwab's, which was a big, big coffee shop hangout where I don't know they they said that uh, who was it. Uh, some big blonde actress got discovered at the coffee fountain. Kim Basinger? No, no, way <laughs> before that. Yeah. Uh, forget her name. Betty Grable or something. Yeah. Before your time. No, okay. I don't know who that is. My mom's a big uh, AMC movie watcher. So oh, she's, so you know who those people are. Oh, yeah, are. she's updating me on everybody. Sure. But, 
everybody and his mother. I saw Jerry Brown, the governor, in there once. Wow. You know, it was, uh, and every actor, again, used to hang out in there. But like I said, there were limited amount of places. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back then, you had just uh, the improv and the store for the most part. The Laugh Factory came along a little bit later. But Now, at these coffee shops, could you go up to these people and, like, was it also a kind of a real... I mean, carefree, yeah. like, yeah. you know mm-hmm. how nowadays I think that people are a little more protective and there's obviously yeah. more ways to have interactions and then have it be, po- even like if you go up to Julia Roberts and she's on the phone and you're like, Julia, and she's like, can you give me a second? That guy can immediately go blog and be like, Julia Roberts is a whore. Yeah, yeah you exactly. know, She didn't make time for me. And, you know, so it's like, but. No, you def- yeah, definitely. It was very easy. I mean, it was like a coffee shop like this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you people awesome. at the tables, you could go up. You, it, it was where if, if people knew you, they'd come up and they'd go like, you know, can I sit with you? If you're sitting in a booth, wow. you know, because they're like, it was a small little coffee shop, mm-hmm. but it was very popular. There was always a line. There That's were so always cool. people. It was there was no just, Starbucks yet, was there? <laughs> no, they didn't have Starbucks yet. The, God, the coffee cool. was just called black or regular, you know. It was, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a macchiato. Yeah. No, uh, no, latte macchiato mocha frappuccino. <laughs> no, <laughs> none of that. None of that stuff yet. Uh, and, 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 and then when you're, when you're starting out uh, at the improv, I mean, are you ever getting starstruck because you're still there as the bartender like you have a job to do like mm-hmm. you, you when a guy asked when, when robin williams asked for his drink you can't be like hey, you're robin williams like no you have to- I'll, I'll tell you why that never happened to me yeah. and that is because i grew up spending my summers in the catskill mountains in okay. new york which was uh that was the place yeah my father was a catskill mountain entertainer what? And, uh, really? <laughs> Wait, comedian or band leader or comedian, comedian. And, and MC? Wow! And you, I'm sorry. What are the Catskills? The Catskills used to be where all the comedians would play in the summertime. Jewish comedians. Wow! And, and uh, actually, everybody. You had uh, Sinatra at um, the Concord or Grossingers, and yeah. uh, Jackie Mason. Jackie Mason. Oh, man! Jackie all these Gleason, people. And, and I all these grew guys, up. Bob I, Hope back in the day. Like it. It, 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 it was a term. Term, mm-hmm. almost, like if you're a Catskill comic, it's it's almost like a fast talking, like uh, wise cracking Jewish comedian. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it was just kind of it was just kind of the thing. It was uh, that that's where all the comics went. It was kind of like going on a run nowadays. If you go on like a Midwest run or uh, or up in the Northwest, you'd go on a triple run. Yeah, like, it was mm-hmm. it, 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 it was it was the Catskills. That's and they would just where, go up there where you went and perform at like yeah. one venue all summer or no no like a no big... just a night you know just yeah. a night at. Uh... You know, at, at a hotel. So people would get, travel up there to go see these. Acts. No, pe- what it what it was was that people would spend the summer or their vacations okay. at these hotels, and the hotels would hire these people to come up and and uh, perform, and, and that's how they would get these people to come up and and stay at at their hotels because they knew. Jackie Mason or or Rodney Dangerfield. Wow, Jackie Green is going to be yeah, here. Yeah, that's exactly week. right. Yeah, yeah. sort of mm-hmm. a poor man's Vegas. All but, the, that's yeah. exactly what it was. In fact, they blew they blew it when they had the opportunity to become Atlantic City, and they turned it down up there, and mm-hmm. so then that's when Atlantic City became. Uh, the the next gambling capital of the world and yeah. how does your father um he was always an entertainer yeah mm-hmm. and that, that's got to be what got you at least a little bit of a book oh, for it oh definitely well my mother too my he oh, my shit. mother and my 
uh, aunt were a dance team way back, <laughs> way back oh, wait, in the day. Dance team back in the day meant something completely different than what it probably means now. <laughs> yeah, no, okay? there, were, there were no just, polls. Yeah. <laughs> just so you guys aren't no. like, oh, geez, he's, 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 he's making this on a podcast? Like, yeah. no, dance team was yeah. like you would go out there and, they and, and tap. Yeah. Like, and you would tap for 30 minutes or something. Choreography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, I were mean, they good? Yeah, they were very good. They they performed. Uh, I guess that's where my mother met my father. Was at some uh, at some nightclub downtown New York, uh, where they used to perform. And my mother always tells you. Well, when she was alive, she would tell me the stories of of like how Milton Berle asked her out, and she had to turn him down because she was dating my father. Oh. And I'm going, like, Jesus wow, Christ! I could have been Milton Berle's son. <laughs> Look what you did to me. Uh, based, you blew it. Yeah. I mean, based on the stories I've heard about Milton uh, Berle, a lot of us could have been Milton Berle's kids. <laughs> I, 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 I could Very be. true. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, in fact, uh, from, what, from what I've heard, I may just be a piece of his penis. Like, that's, uh, oh, he, yeah. That's, that's, that's a very popular story. Yeah. What? Oh, well he's got hung. a oh, you never l- legendary schwanz, yeah. as they say. What is that? What's a schwanz? Huge, huge cock. <laughs> <laughs> Huge dick, Milton wow. Mil- 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 That's the that's story. Right, that's yeah. the legend from back in the day that he that 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 he was the most well hung guy in town. Like 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 he would make John Hamm blush. I'm assuming John Hamm is a big guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where are you going? With I this? like I like to picture that every night before I go to bed. John Hamm. Hey, John Hamm. Is, big, is this cop. is this like a first hand experience that yeah. you've had? Uh, I would say I, w- I would say I would like it to be. <laughs> Bad, Brad picks most of his heroes by their penis size. I have sure. to go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so you're so what? Uh, when does your mom see um, your dad perform for the first time? That I don't know. Okay. They, mm-hmm. I just know that they were, you know, they were... They shared a similar interest. Yeah, they were both uh, performers. They were both entertainers down in... Uh, God, I wish I could remember the name of the nightclubs that they worked in back in uh, back in the day, but it's been a long time. I mean, classic uh, old school nightclub names like the, I don't know, the What's It Room or yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Who's the Your Brown Father? Derby the and Brown Derby. The Brown Derby. Bird yeah. Lounge or something like Bird that. Bird Lounge, yeah. Yeah. And then, so being around that lifestyle all when you were growing up, when you get out here, it's like, oh yeah, you're an entertainer just like my yeah. dad was. Mm-hmm. You're, exactly. not, you're, you're, you're not you're not anyone special. You're right. just doing what my dad did to put to put food on the table. Oh, definitely, and and it, it was that's why I was never you know very few people do I get enamored by. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's been maybe one or two people that have come into the club where I went, wow, and one of them was Johnny Carson. Sure. And the other, maybe Paul Car- Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. You know, how amazing was that? Yeah, un- unreal. I mean, these are people that that are always above everybody else for whatever reason. Yeah, there's a there. It's it's weird how celebrity is. I mean, because now like you'll hear stories about random reality show stars doing the "Don't you know who I am?" out out front of a nightclub, <laughs> and you're like, well, if 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 you're a celebrity. Then who the fuck is Paul McCartney? Like <laughs> right. you can't put yourself in the same breath as that as, as that as that human being. And if you ask me, don't you know who I am? Then mm-hmm. I don't want to know who you am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What, what what did your dad uh, do? What was his main? He was he was a singer. Nice. He uh, he appeared. In a couple of game, a couple of game shows back in the day. Uh, well, there was, used to be a, I guess, an old 
radio show called Live Like a Millionaire and where the uh, entertainers would go on and, and perform and, and do, uh, I guess, compete for prizes. Uh, mm-hmm. I was too young to totally remember, but surprisingly enough. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think I have a record of, of him performing on this show of, of singing no a song or two from way, way, way back. So that's wow. got to be the 50s or, or something like that. When, when even I was young. <laughs> and these shows were just, I mean, electric. I mean, the- yeah, they, they were, you know, big radio shows. I mean, he had, he had agents. His agents were like the same ones. I don't know if you remember or know who Red Buttons was. Oh, yeah. yeah I know who Red Buttons is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The Red Buttons wow, that's a big was, deal. was his, uh, was, had, he had the same agent and, and all go. that stuff. And, so you would see people <clears throat> around just the Catskills, yeah. like, I mean, oh, like yeah. everyone mm-hmm. you mentioned, Sinatra, right. Dangerfield. Mm hmm. And so, I mean, God, yeah. Even sports guys up at, there was a, there's a place that was called Kutcher's Country Club that every year had a, uh, a basketball, uh, game. It was a, um, a fundraiser. I forget for who, but you had every NBA player, Chamberlain, um, what? from back in that day, they would go up there for a couple of days and, and play in this uh, celebrity game. Yeah, and I remember stories about that. I think on uh, one of the ESPN 30 for 30s. It's Maurice they, uh, something or other who who uh, who became crippled for some reason. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but they, they, they said that that game was one of... Wilt's sort of coming out parties where mm-hmm. he was there as a young kid and yeah yes. people knew people knew about him but he was like a college kid or something and then he played against the NBA guys and just destroyed them all and it was oh, like yeah. oh geez who's this guy coming up <laughs> I know I actually got to see him up there I, I went to one of the games and and actually got to see him up there and like, you're a big hoops fan that must have been yeah a so it was also like, someone who might be all of our fathers <laughs> <laughs> definitely right well he's another guy that used to come into the improv a lot oh, Will kidding yeah he came in uh, God quite a bit and always uh, with a new date I imagine no but he never left alone <laughs> there you go yeah there that's you go. the move yeah. he was he was a, a, a funny guy because he you know, as big as he is, he'd kind of, when he came in, he'd kind of duck down so people wouldn't notice him coming in. And here's this seven foot three, yeah. four guy. How could you miss Wilt Chamberlain? That's exactly right. Yeah. And, but he, uh, and he'd come in and he'd always leave with some woman. Always. I mean, never, ever alone. Did he, would you see him like, tr- did he have game or was it just like he was so charismatic and I think yeah, I think famous. It, it was just the charisma and and the fame and for the most Cause if part like certain people like that they walk out and girls just follow them and then he just knows and he goes I'm gonna keep walking to where I'm going and you can just keep following me if you no, want to. No, he's he. I'm sure he had game. Yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't just like you know, follow me because I'm the rumor is I'm well hung. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, whatever you heard from Milton Berle, double it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, maybe so. I don't know. We'll yeah. have to ask Brad. Yeah. <laughs> well, according to my encyclopedia of celebrity penis, <laughs> let, me, let me look it up. I don't want to see the book. <laughs> <laughs> but How? so so, and all and all this is happening. Did did you ever have a moment where? Have you ever had to throw out a celebrity like out, like out of the improv or kind of? Do you ever have like a moment where you had to, like an well, argument with a guy or? Let's see. There confrontations. Was one of the Keach brothers we had to get rid of one day. I forget exactly what the reason was. Okay. He was a little out of hand. Also, um, I think I've been known to have uh, Anthony Clark from Yes, Dear. Oh, not, yeah. not return. Uh, <laughs> 
But in general, no. Most celebrities uh, are, are usually pretty cool. They they don't want the notoriety yeah. that yeah. way. Well, and and like we said, th- this was at a time where you didn't. Not everyone was a paparazzi because now everyone has a camera. So if you do anything sort right. of crazy, that it it will it will be documented. Were, were, were there times when the inmates would kind of take over the asylum? I would say that happened every night. <laughs> there you go. But it's not your job um, to like facilitate, right? No, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. I just Sit I back enable. And enjoy. You enable. <laughs> I enable the. Uh, no, there were like the thing is back in the day, everybody in there was in the business. Yeah, it was all producers, managers, agents. I mean, literally everybody was in the business. So yeah. when somebody came in, in general, that was you know of note, people didn't in general attack them because right. they all worked with them anyway yeah they they knew him or they knew each other and and they weren't enamored by the fact that it's a celebrity right. they see celebrities all day now it's a whole other world it's a it's, lot of young comics it's a handful of people in the business so they're outnumbered and they're going to get accosted right definitely yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what happens even the young comics as you say with uh with some of the older guys that are are established and doing well it's like can i take my picture with you can yeah. i take my picture what do you think and about that when you see that in general we stop it yeah you mm-hmm. know i i had i've had um a couple of people try to uh actually kind of bug nick swartzen yeah yeah and uh, even a, a promoter who asked him to to go up and he said no not tonight and the guy kept coming back and and i had to tell the guy stay away from him you know or you leave because you know this is nick's home mm-hmm. you know he comes in here to relax if he wants to go up he'll go up if not you know just he Take the fact that he said no nicely yeah. as the absolute. And that's, again, not a part of the job requirement, but like you've been – it's. I mean, it's your home too. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like you feel very much – I feel like – you know, being becoming uh, as you are a staple of that club, it's like – and you've been and seen probably more than any of us. And it's like you know the dynamic between um, people and the levels you're at. And it's like that comic so badly – wanted Swartz on the show because he was thinking about himself. He's like, that'll make my show better. That'll right. make me look cooler. Then mm-hmm. I can get a picture with Nick and blah, blah, blah. Then I can post it and people right. go, man, he's killing it. <laughs> it's a good thing you did leave Des Moines or wherever you fucking right. came from. <laughs> but it's like, hey, man, play it cool. Respect the process. And um, Well, that's just it. There, There's a certain amount of people for whatever reason that do not respect the process. Mm-hmm. They like Or lack know, tact. It, well, very yeah that's a better way to put it yeah. they they have no tact whatsoever they just kind of go over to somebody and go like you know oh you know you want to do my show and the guy will go oh you know no thanks and and well, let me just get your email yeah. it's like you know oh, and, yeah. I, and i totally i mean brad can attest this too starting out it's like you're so eager to be so good so quick and so uh impatient yeah. and you um you know, you know it's going to take time, but and then if you find yourself on a show, even hosting, like I remember hosting a comedy juice show um, when I was about two years in. You know, now I'm nine years in, so this was seven years ago. And I get to host comedy juice at at the Improv. I think it might have been my even like my second or first Improv show, and the lineup was man: Greg Giraldo, Bobby Lee, Dane Cook, Daniel Tosh. Um, uh, it just stacked. Yeah, uh, Ron White, Jim Gaffigan. Anybody wow. good? <laughs> um, Adam Ray. Uh, oh, that guy. He's young up and coming host. I like him. Yeah. That fucked what? up Gaffigan's intro. Uh, <laughs> so I remember, like, you know, no part of. But again, I remember after that show, even delusionally 
thinking that I got better just from being on that show that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you definitely I opened for them for sure. And you, yeah, <laughs> and, po- oh. and posting that lineup that night just to get the accolades of of from people because you want so badly like validation from anybody because. Um, you just don't get it when you're starting out. Right. Yeah. Well, that's very true. It's funny how, like, even with, with social media now, you'll go and, and you'll read from young comics, I opened for right. whoever, and you find out that they just were fortunate enough to get on the lineup because yeah. yep. somebody didn't show up. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and, a, and there was, I don't know, I Tim was one Allen of those guys. Rocky. <laughs> I, I, I was one of those guys. Uh, I, got to, uh, I was doing uh, Friday night, 10.30 show, Latino night, because obviously you look at me, you're like, he belongs on Latino night. <laughs> uh, so I did a show, and Chris Rock popped in to run a monologue for either, the, I think it was the, like, the first time he hosted the Oscars, like the MTV VMAs or something. And uh, yeah, I was going around telling everyone I opened for Chris Rock. Dude, yeah. I did the like exact same thing. I posted on Facebook at the comedy store yeah. that I opened for him. <laughs> yeah, we he all came did that. on a bringer show that I was. Well, because my because uh, like my dad always told me that I should have that I should have a resume because he thought like comedian was like every other job. Yeah. So I so I made a resume and on the resume it was like open for Chris Rock. Like it, it had all these little things. Yeah, that's like, on my resume too. I let him in the door. Opened, opened a bottle a, of beer for him. I opened the door, opened the door for, for Chris for Rock yeah. and I let him in. In the, in the club. There you go. You open for him. Technically, there yeah. There Same it is. thing. There is a so so you've had to okay. So tell people back away from Swartz and and, and I mean and there's probably you could probably be doing it night in and night out, but you you pick and choose, right? It's like well, it's you, not, you just you watch the situation. You know, if it's if if the comic is handling the situation, then fine. If not, if the, if the person is being too intrusive, then you deal with it. And then there's a lot of people that don't mind. You know being put sure. upon i mean i've i've had there's been some wonderful moments with like leno and and even um uh a couple of other comics uh where one saturday night when jay uh, might have been six months to a year in on the tonight show wow um the place was jammed jay, he was still doing stand-up nightly? no he had just okay. come in he had just mm-hmm. come in and he was sitting with mark lano bud's uh, partner and uh some people at the bar were in from Michigan and to watch the Super Bowl or, or not the Super Bowl, the Rose Bowl or something like that. And they saw Leno and it was like they were like wetting their pants. And the guy turns to me and he goes like, do you, do you think I could buy Jay Leno a drink? Do you think that I said like I, I, I don't drink, th- but yeah. OK, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> good luck. I'd, uh, he, he doesn't usually take that. So but yeah. when I got a moment, I went over to Jay and I said, said to Jay, I said, there's a guy at the bar, a couple of guys that would like to buy you a drink. And Jay simply said, well, please tell them I don't drink. Thank you very much. But if they would like to come over and say hello, they can. Wow. You know, you which go. was really nice. Uh, and uh, Jay, but, I'm but, sure. that's, but that's Jay. Jay, yeah. Jay is like every man, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's that way to everybody. And there are certain comics that are, that are that way that don't mind. I mean, they, they know who their, their bread and butter is. It's their fans. And Jay's just, he's one of those guys that's just, you know, he's friendly. He's, he's everybody's buddy. And I, to me, that's one of the reasons he, he was so successful. And by the way, that's one of the reasons that people do uh, feel so at home at the improv. It's like you going out of your way to do something like that. Again, it's like I'm sure when you got the job, they didn't go, all right, now Eddie, like obviously oh, pour the drinks. Not, but yeah. like if you see comics getting hassled, get on, mm-hmm. develop some rapport with them and get on a level with them. Like I'm Jay, I mean, that was inc- people, you know, it's 
you're, you're watching so much, which people probably mm-hmm. also don't realize. That yeah. You're back there. Like, I mean, you're taking in. I see it too sometimes, like looking at the TV or whatever, but I'm like, oh, there's no way he did not also see the yeah. weird uh, girls that are hitting on Adam Devine over there or something. Or, you know, mm-hmm. taking or the- Adam Ray or Brad <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we just, we just have to fight him off with yeah, a stick yeah. when we walk in there. Or Mark- I've seen uh, Drew Carey really do be the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a... Uh, you know, he was doing a regular show at the Improv every Thursday for years with uh, his crew. Yeah, the Improv show, yeah. or the uh, Improv comedy right. show, and like the Who's Line All-Stars or something. And one day he walks out of the showroom, and there's a girl on, on, the, um, on the phone. We used to have a payphone. Remember those things? Uh, what? <laughs> pay, pay, uh, payphone? Oh, yeah. Oh pay. There was a payphone on the wall, and this girl is on the phone going, I just saw Drew Carey and Ryan Stiles and this one and that one, and Drew happened to be walking by. Drew takes the phone from her, has a 10-minute conversation with the woman <laughs> on the other end of the phone. Dude, that it shit was, just doesn't happen anymore. No, yeah. no, I mean, I guess it, it the doesn't. equivalent is someone's doing a Snapchat and the celebrity gets into <laughs> yeah. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. kind of walks back and That's amazing. photobombs yeah, someone. It's too, well, because of, of, of the high tech we have now, that stuff does, just doesn't happen anymore. So you were also there when Drew Carey was, I mean. Oh, when everybody, you name them, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> everybody was there, Drew and, and those guys. Um, you know, when Seinfeld pretty much was not starting there, but, you know, at the beginning of his career. And, right, and, when he just um, came out to L.A. Yeah, yeah him and, and Ellen and uh, got Rosie O'Donnell and, wow. and even Roseanne. Yeah. Uh, now, you're, you're behind the bar, though. So how much do you get to go into the showroom and see? Well, back then, I, would, I used to, because I lived closer, I would come in on my off nights and go to the shows gotcha. and, mm-hmm. and see a lot of the people. And, and I could walk in anyway, at, and even when I was working, if I had a minute and, and watch some of them. But yeah. uh, now it's just not the same. Yeah, <laughs> it really isn't, uh, is it? You, you no. hear that, and I... The, the, it's a different... I guess comedy has just changed. It's uh, there's there's too much, uh, in my opinion, too much like shock value comedy with with language, mm-hmm. and you know I, you, you guys know me behind the bar. I'm certainly not a prude. Sure, my right. language comes out there, and, and sure. I don't You're mind very the language. But I, I when when I go to laugh, if if the profanity fits the joke then great wonderful but when people are using it just as pregnant pauses and mm-hmm. this and that and you know I, it doesn't do anything for me and yet obviously there's a, a market for it because it's working yeah sure. you know it's just personally it doesn't do anything for me yeah i get guys all the time that'll come in and go hey eddie if you get a minute will you just come in and watch me and and sometimes if i get a minute i'll sneak in there and for 30 seconds, I'll hear motherfucker suck my dick. And I'm like, well, in my defense, that was my, that was my mom's idea to I open was, with that. I wasn't going <laughs> was, to mention your name. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to let it go. but That was an old bar mitzvah party story. And I, I needed to get that specific. You had to be true to the story. That's I what happened. telling my rabbi to t- not tell me how to read it from the Torah. Yeah. Uh, so that's oh, what is that, oh, is that where those words yeah. come from? Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. Yeah. I must have missed it yeah, in my yeah. bar mitzvah. I don't know. What was, did you see, so you saw Seinfeld. I mean, wh- when you would see guys like that, would you go, oh, yeah, TV show? That guy's. Absolutely not. I mean, there's really, there's really I, you know, comedy is so subjective. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can pick anybody. There just isn't. I mean, because there are so many funny people that never make it that you would think. Yeah. 
here we go. This Lord guy, knows, this guy's got yeah. it made. Lord knows you've seen some of those yeah. over the years where you look at him like, how is this guy or girl not, not famous? Yeah, there's got to be guys that just have disappear, disappeared that you probably saw at one point and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that guy's going to be the next Jay Leno right. or whatever. That's why I, it's such a subjective business that it, it's you have no idea. I don't care what anybody tells you. Oh, I knew he was going to make it. I knew this. It's just not possible because there's just so many factors. Yeah, different things, Mm -hmm. different reasons why people make it or don't make it. I mean, it could be because some producer sees the way your nose curls and they think that's funny. You know that there it goes. Because back in the day, what it used to be is is that you would get people like Roseanne, Brett Butler. They would their routines on stage were to get hopefully help them get a TV show. Right. Okay. That we, was the whole mindset with stand up at that right. point. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was the whole mindset. Get on like, Carson or have a great night right. at the improv. Yeah. And have and, and have my act sort sort of like, well, if I talk about being an angry housewife with a husband and how my kids are driving me crazy, well then that translates itself into a sitcom right. very, very easily. So you don't have like people doing too many abstract jokes that have nothing to do with a plot or story because then you can't really turn that into a sitcom. And it's well, and that's exactly what it was. And now yeah. it's changed to almost the opposite, where people want to get a TV show so that they can tour and yeah. and make all their money on on the road. Which yep. is, uh, you know, it's not right or wrong. It's just the way it's changed. Yeah, sure. So it's just a, a different uh, whole approach to what's going on. Robin Williams, though, everybody says uh, that was a yeah. You, you'll there will never be another Robin Williams simply because there was he. He had so much stage awareness, so much stage presence. There was nothing like if he saw that light bulb that you have hanging on the wall there, he would, you, he'd have a 10-minute routine on that. Yeah. You know, and, and if you pulled it off and took it away, he'd have 10 minutes on, on the, bare the fact wall. that you – Yeah, that <laughs> it's now a bare wall. Yeah. And there's the, – the only people that I could come close to comparing to him is Charlie Fleischer mm-hmm. and Rick Overton. Wow. wow. And, and we talk about guys, and obviously, like, Charles Fleischer, we all know his career. And, and Voice of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, Voice yes. of Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we would say he's made it, but there's a lot of your average comedy fans that don't know who Charles Fleischer is. No, and they I don't. saw him sneak into the back of the improv, I think, last week. You probably saw him there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you guys yeah. saw me, yeah? He came in the back, and I saw him. I saw him, and eyes lit up, because I've only seen him at the comedy store a handful of times, and probably years ago, never at the improv, actually. So he comes in, and I was like, I go, hey, and I introduced myself, a big fan, and he said, thank you, and, and then kept walking, and I saw him walk through the back of the um, showroom, in the main room, and say, excuse me, is he going by people? And nobody looked at him like, like well, oh didn't. my God, Charles, you know? Yeah. And then I saw him go up and talk to uh, Avery, the sound guy, and kind of... You know, um, just about the show, and, and Avery knew because he's a comedy fan, and and but I was like, wow, that's crazy that like he's just kind of sliding yeah. by. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little story about him. He uh, when he did the voice of Roger Rabbit, my kids were whatever six, seven years old, and I asked him, and I I was careful how I did this because I I don't like to uh, intrude mm-hmm. on people even though i knew him very well i asked him if he would call my kids as roger rabbit and i mean you had to do that he and and he did it and he called my my daughter and he he talked she almost you know i he did this and she father of the year yeah definitely at that point (laughs) if he did that to me now i would freak out (laughs) i don't know what i would do if i was thinking about it because that movie was life i mean it was the uh, 
I, I can't imagine special effects when it came out. Story, I mean, it animation. Was, yeah, the animation. It was, mm-hmm. it was it was it was unbelievable. It was a ground it was a groundbreaking film. Because you because you had animation and and live real action live, live yeah. and Christopher yeah, yeah, Lloyd yeah. and Bob Hoskins who were definitely in their prime. Uh, uh, so. Someday when we have more time, I'll tell you about Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> we have we have time now. We have plenty of time. We, we can, have time now. We can tell us anything. If you're down about, to do another forty minutes. We yeah. Are. We, we, or, or tell 20. us anything about Christopher Lloyd. Chris, when I first started working at the Improv, Chris was there all the time. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice guy. Reverend Jim to AT. That is him. Mm-hmm. And he was very good friends with the guy that hired me at the Improv, and we lived in the same building down here. Yeah. And uh, he came over to visit uh, my friend, and my friend wasn't there. At that time, I was living with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and he, I asked, I said to him, you know, rather than sit in the hot sun, you want to just come up and, and lay down or whatever? Because yeah. I could see him falling out or whatever. She, my wife walks in from work and screams. She sees him, not because it's Christopher Lloyd, but because it's a Reverend Jim, some drunk, you know, <laughs> old, not old, some, you know, beat up bum sleeping yeah. on my sofa. <laughs> yeah, because he, he looked like that pretty much all the time. Oh, he did, yeah. Yeah, he had the, he had the crazy hair, like, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and just that disheveled demeanor huh, about, about his huh, face. Eddie. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly I mean, he it. sounded like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, and a really good guy, really nice guy, but he hung out at the club all the time. He never did stand up. No, not to my okay. knowledge, but he was uh, he's a classically trained Shakespearean actor. Wow. I mean, Stratford-on-Avon, I believe, at, in Connecticut or wherever the heck that is. Okay. Just goes to I show mean, you. I mean, you, you see some of these guys like that that have those types of careers. Same with Robin, like Juilliard. It's like yep. some of these people that, that come down here and um, You think just they're do overnight couple, successes, yeah. and they're not. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and then other people who just come down and go, I'm going to do a couple classes do a stand-up class, and then two years later, and they're then, like, why isn't, it, why isn't it working? <laughs> right. It's like, man, I mean, the good ones really have put, I mean, they, Dustin Hoffman, the amount of training that some of these, like, it's not a, it's not a um There's a no mistake. such thing as an overnight success. Yeah. It yeah. is basically and, it. I mean, these guys have worked forever. Right, and you and you know this, because you've seen, you've seen comics develop from the open mic level, mm-hmm. you know, when they start coming in, open micers, and they keep coming in, and now, and now you see them get hosting jobs and you see them get feature jobs and now they're like and, and then and then they come back in the room and everyone goes nuts because that comic is there and you're like yeah i've been seeing him well, for, Ger- gerard for carmichael yeah. right now yeah. gerard was doing um open mics when he first came out mm-hmm. and look at him now he's just he's got his own TV show he's great yeah mm-hmm. do you remember and yeah do you remember kid. when you would see uh him doing open mics and yeah. just uh mm-hmm. So, but and same guy, same interaction, same oh, guy. Oh, without I mean, a doubt, he hasn't. It, for me, he hasn't changed a bit. he's, yeah, he's yeah. the same nice kid that he was. When you, you saw know. him at open mics and stuff, were you like, oh yeah, that guy? There's a little something extra special there. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like I said, it's all so subjective. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's so hard. You can't. In my opinion, it's just hard to pick out. Did I like him? Yes. Did I think he was funny? Yes. Yeah. Did I? You know? Can you like? You just can't tell. You mm-hmm. have no idea. Why, why something works for somebody, it's like you guys know better than I that one day you'll do a set at some club and it will kill. The next night you'll do the same set at another club and you won't get a laugh. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Never actually <laughs> bombing? Uh, yeah. Bombing? Is, what, is that? what does that mean? Bomb, Eddie. Hiroshima? What are you talking about? I I misspoke. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean you to. I, I meant you know somebody yeah. else. But you know, most, most comics probably have experienced that yeah. at some point. You, you never saw Robin Williams bomb, did you? 
or Probably, hear about it. I mean, no. but he was so experimental and so. But that's just it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's because he was so experimental and because he was so stage aware. He he uh, again, he could take anything and make it funny. And because it was so impromptu and, and probably the king of the improv people. Was he always on? I mean, did he feel? Oh, God, yeah. Sometimes it drove you a little nuts. Because <laughs> you're just he like, Robin, always, I, yeah. just, I just want to know if it's on the rocks or deep. Exactly. That's all I want to know. Uh, I know. Oh, oh there's ice coming in and a global warming. It's a wonderful thing. And then I you're know. like, Robin. Ice or neat. <laughs> but, then the, but then the next night he'd have you crying laughing, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, always. I mean, he, he always would. He, he just... He was just one of these people that, even though he was always on, he was always funnily sillily, even though those are not words that no, I'm making On up. this podcast, anything goes. They, they are now. <laughs> but, Did he just, do you think he just innately wanted to make people happy? I mean, he, just, he knew he had this gift, and he just... I would guess he... I, mean, to, I, I guess so. To be yeah. on like that so much, I feel mm-hmm. like you, you know you want to make people happy. You get off on the smiles and the laughs. And I also think that's an insecurity that, yeah. that some comics have and some people have when they, when they can't distinguish between being on stage and and not sure i mean you'll see that all the time and you'll see comics that have got to try and one-up the other comic if <laughs> if you've said another a joke at the bar or oh, somewhere yeah and adam and i were just at the moon tower comedy festival where all these comics would like hang out at the bar afterward and these are all headliners that we don't normally hang out together because <laughs> we're always on the road and now we're all just in, in in the same room, and there is absolutely that. Yeah, a- absolutely. And that. it is fun. It can be fun. Yeah, because it, it's you're like, oh, what a perk to the business to be around peers that I respect and look up to, and yeah, and and it's you know, there's no, there's, I mean, people do that in nine to fives. Well, they'll mm-hmm. go to the bar later and they'll do, it, but it's at a very different level, right? You know, so now, now we're, we're around the best of the best, getting yeah. to do it, and you want to participate, if, but if, yes, but if if you're not doing it to to like one up the other guy, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a whole Your other story. Is, yeah, if you're just doing it because you're telling jokes and fun. you're telling your funny stuff or whatever yeah. to each other. Yeah. That's got to be hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be funny. But, and it's generally the, the up and coming comic that will try to feels the need. Yeah. Try to, Upstage, sure. somebody else. It's like, oh, here's one. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You, and you just want to go to them at like uh, I would saw, I, I was there one night and uh, Lisa Lampanelli was there mm-hmm. and uh, she and I she and I were talking and I, I can't remember who the other comic was but there but there was a third comic and we were all talking we we're all just cracking each other up and then this open micer who was actually a waiter at the club <laughs> came up. To Lisa and said, "You know, I saw your set. I think it'd be better if you did th- th- this line and, and instead of this line, or oh, maybe like switch." I, but Le- I believe that Lisa <laughs> turned to him <laughs> and just un like you say unloaded like got some bullets left in the arm. She unloaded a verbal onslaught onto this kid, and I literally never saw him again. <laughs> I well, think he, I think he quit the business. It was like fuck this. <laughs> I'm out. He deserved and, it. Oh, absolutely he deserved it cuz when it happened uh me, you know what it was a uh, Jay Davis was was, uh, was the other comic. Me me and Jay Davis just looked at each other like this kid doesn't know what he just did. <laughs> he just he just tapped Tyson like yeah, right. back in the day and said you want to go like that like that's what happened. That's that's where people don't know where to draw the line. I mean, are you kidding me? You go up to I don't even care if it's somebody who's maybe not at the stature of Lisa Lambinelli. You don't go up to them and say like this is the way I see your set. You know, it's like, what are you kidding me? But yeah. yeah, I mean, and again, maybe, maybe they thought they were doing, 
doing doing also they wanted a moment like, like we favor. all yeah. i mean you know you all want uh, uh, you want your moment so you're thinking maybe if it's you're giving them more credit than I, I would give. <laughs> <laughs> Love that about you. Now, how, and how and like that that's got to make you when you see people that have come in over and over again throughout the years, and then when you see them get a TV show, or when you see them start headlining or start to make it, whatever that means, that that's got to that's got to make you happy. Oh, definitely. I honestly, I I'm very happy when everybody succeeds. It's really mm-hmm. nice to see guys that, like you know, maybe came to town, were living in their car, and all of a sudden, you know, you get a TV show, and and so many comics, you know, it's it's not easy to make a living. You can't make a living yeah. in general. Most comics don't make a living. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, uh, unfortunately, those comics still believe in the starving artist, <laughs> mm-hmm. which does not so much exist as much as it did back in the day but sure. you know they'll they'll just go ahead and and try to like you know do anything they can to to get ahead but you know do you, you have any do you have any specific stories about guys that or or women that you saw struggle throughout the years and then like when they finally made it just just kind of made you so happy no no. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Next question. I want to know why, because Eddie, you you are, I mean, as quick as anybody who steps foot in that building, and as charismatic, and your delivery, Def- and definitely better looking. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, Ed, I'll Ed, do this show whenever you want. And <laughs> like, what? Ed, I mean, I have you, a great face for radio. Podcast, <laughs> wonderful. Have you? Have you never? Have you ever done stand up or thought no. about wanting to get on stage? I mean, you're around so much. I feel like there's a comfortability level there, and I, I never have. And one time, though, way, way back in the day. It was, I remember this so specifically, this, there was a singing duo that was doing um, a show at around seven o'clock on a Sunday. And it was when I was pretty much first starting out working at the improv. And uh, the woman was an actual, very popular actress whose name I do not recall at the moment. But anyway, the host did not show up. And Sally Field, let's just say her name. Okay. Sally Field. I was going to say the singing nun, but uh, <laughs> uh, the the manager comes out and goes, Eddie, is the host here? I said, I don't know. I haven't seen him. And she comes back five minutes later. She goes, Eddie, can you, can you bring them up? It, it's like there's nobody here to do it. I said, no, I can't bring them up. I'm not, not my going job up description. There. Yeah. And she comes out again and asks me. And I say no again. And she comes out a third time. And she goes, please, please. I said, okay, all right. So I go up on stage and, and I, like an idiot, I start telling a bar joke. And remember, this is 30 <laughs> years ago. This is not like, you know, now where the language is yeah, out there and sure, it doesn't sure. matter. Upgraded. And I'm, I'm halfway through this joke, which goes like, uh, what did Lee Majors say to the plumber? Oh, who's, uh, I've already fixing checked out. His thing? No, he says, uh, make sure you're screwing the right faucet. Farrah Fawcett was his. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, right at that point, I said, let me bring up. <laughs> <laughs> Did it get a laugh? No. Oh. <laughs> it got a chuckle, but that there was about go. it. And that, and that, and that, and that, was, and that was your foray into that was stand-up it. comedy. I said, that's it. I have a, a great way of destroying a good joke. <laughs> I so said, you laced them up and hung them up in the that same. Was, that was it. It was, uh, you know, one and done. <laughs> Now, I mean, in and out. Yeah, I mean, now we all we always see you pretty much like just at the bar. Like I said, we like it's like seeing your teacher. You see him at school. You don't really plan on seeing him anywhere else. Uh, like, and as comics, we 
always come in there and you ask about us. Do you ever just want to scream? Can anyone just say, how is Eddie doing? For the love of God. <laughs> um, probably. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh... – it's also more my job to ask you how you're doing. You yeah. know, I, and it's not a job description, as you said before, but it, it's like I also know that people in the business, because I am in the business myself too, mm-hmm. like to be asked, "How are you doing? Anything new? Have you gotten a job? Have you been doing? Have you been, you know, touring? Have you been working?" Yeah. And it, it's like. It's just, you know, I and I don't even want to say I do it because I want to be nice. I do it because I am concerned. You know, I really want to know, how are yeah. you doing? See, you know, it's like you're my kids too, you know? <laughs> we are, right? <laughs> yeah, See, it's, it's the truth. You really embody like sort of the what the bartender sort of used to be whereas now it seems like a lot a lot a lot of bartenders are just they're there to go on to the next thing this is their their first stop before mm-hmm. whatever greatness that they have planned out for themselves so they're just like what you know they just yeah. get your drink order there's your drink bye you're sort of the old school mentality where cuz like everyone was what like back in the old west like the bar, like the bartender was the dentist the doctor like right. he, he would he, he was everything <laughs> yeah. and like you know you know stories about comics that i'm sure some of their family doesn't know oh i'm sure but you know at the same time i've been there so long and i've been around so long and and being both in that business and you know uh an actor Mm -hmm. it's like you're kind of aware of what people's needs are yeah you know and you kind of know when somebody's down or whatever or somebody's not i mean there's you know uh, you know, and when somebody's being a drama queen mm-hmm. and overplaying somebody's unfortunate death or something, when they didn't even know the person, yeah, and they're sitting there with their head down, like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, I, you have to be able to read the situation, and and you know, having been there so long, I've been able to do that, you know, in, in a lot of cases, and I do do it out of concern not and not out of like it's part of my job because it's not part of my job yeah and as far as the other bartenders go it's kind of like uh there's a whole world of mixologists out there now i'm Mm -hmm. not a mixologist i'm a bartender (laughs) you know it's really that simple jack and coke i can do that i can do that if you if if you're looking for some drink to get on to be put on fire i ain't doing that (laughs) can i get a sex on the beach with a splash of vanilla martini juice yeah i I mean it's i'm i'm your bartender i'll take a flibbity gibbet (laughs) well i would like that that sounds like something like that only you can, can drink. You, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Dibbity gibbet. Yeah, okay. I need I need, uh, I need some lime juice, the uh, yeah. horn of a the horn of a unicorn. And dwarf tears. And dwarf tears. <laughs> and I can make you a hell of a flippity gibbet. All right. Let me yeah. tell you. Uh, what was it like when Bud uh, really cuz you said when you got there you didn't see him too much, right? When you first No, when, well, when I first I didn't see him I really didn't meet him until like my second or third day, but no, he was there all the time. Yeah. Every day. He and uh I mean, he ran the club. He was the club uh, until he partnered up with Mark Lano about a year after I got there. He and Mark basically turned the club around. It was about to close. It was going to fold. Wow. And uh, Would that have been, I mean, something else would have maybe come about or would that I, I, have really done some damage for comedy? Well, I would have, I assume it would have done quite a bit of damage to comedy because two years later up came the TV show, the cable show, Evening at the Improv. 
and that was a big boom to comedy and and every comic in the world because you had big names and up and comers and I mean you name them they did it mm-hmm. uh, you know Howie Mandel uh, um, he had uh, Ed uh, Johnny Carson's uh, Ed McMahon Ed McMahon was mm-hmm. hosting it one night and uh, it, I mean. That was a boon had it closed then. But Mark Lano really made it a business. He stopped all of Bud's friends from drinking for free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know and, that's uh, – Yeah, that'll do it. it, it it's something that uh, you re- when you, when you want to open a bar or a nightclub, that's kind of what you fantasize about. It's having a place to drink for free. Right. But then you realize, oh, right, that doesn't pay the pay bills. The rent. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I guess he was doing before I got there. And then when Mark uh, came in, Mark played a – big big role in in really the the club's sure. um, uh success and and uh the night that um ed mcmahon actually hosted what jo- johnny carson came in and and was in the audience and watched the show and you mentioned this is when you really got taken aback no uh yes yeah, yeah. that was that time mm-hmm. and uh what what this was very funny because i saw this myself uh before each show at that time they had a host and then you know, before each show, Bud would do a couple of minutes of what he felt was his stand-up routine. <laughs> and, Hello, everyone. Yes. Welcome to Evening at the Improv. <laughs> and he he told this joke, and nobody laughed. <laughs> and so he just, you know, as an aside, said, well, it was just a little attempt at humor. And uh, Johnny yelled out, very little. <laughs> wow oh, yeah. oh, very was, little yeah. <laughs> did you get to talk to Johnny at all or did you just kind of see him come in and... no actually I really didn't talk to him but I did serve him at the bar that night wow. he was, you'll never uh, forget at, that at, no at, at the end of the night uh, when the show was over uh, he and a buddy or whatever mm-hmm. was were at the bar I mean, that... and, and left with a couple of ladies women. I mean again we're go. talking about a time where you know Going on that show was yes, so career maker. So for to be f- such few channels and such few opportunities, and for the guy that's kind of the gatekeeper, I mean, with good reason that there's an aura around him that you're just like, oh my mm-hmm. god, right? I mean, even maybe behind the bar, you're like, this guy could could put me on TV. Like, yeah. there's, I mean, <laughs> that's right. No, that that was the day when going on Johnny Carson's show as a comedian, your career was made. Yeah, and it's not again. It's not the same anymore with like let's say Fallon or any of the other guys, simply because the business is different. Yeah, there's so many other options. Exactly. Now, yeah. now as as the bartender, that's got to be sort of easy for you to know who are the comedians. You're like, okay, who did I see on the Tonight Show last week? Now it's <laughs> like some guy comes in and it's like, well, you should serve me because uh, I have a YouTube channel. That's exactly right. Very popular. That happens all the time. I get like, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. you know, somebody will go like, you know, I, I've been headlining in, in uh, Idaho. And I'm going, okay, uh, what's your name? And I've never heard of him. And uh, the guy goes like, uh, yeah, I just got into town, and and, um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what to do, and and I'll go. It's called Open Mic. (laughs) (laughs) Way to shoot him to him straight. Well, it's the truth because I I don't know really what what the – modus operandi is in uh, Idaho 
but just because you're you're headlining at the Elks Lodge. <laughs> yeah, you're like you headlining go. the Elks Lodge. Motherfucker, I saw Denzel Washington thumb wrestle George Clooney. <laughs> like, whatever you're going to say is not going to top well, what I've seen. And especially when you're working in a club like the Improv, where you can look on a night like Comedy Juice, where it's Chris D'Elia, yeah. followed by Judd Apatow, followed mm-hmm. by David Spade, followed David by Dave Tell. Cook. David Tell, Chappelle will pop in. You're like, so which one of those guys would you kick off the lineup for yeah, you? Yeah, for you, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, who, definitely. Yeah, who, and, and those guys do think that. They really right. think it, it, it's, uh, that it, it's a possibility and, that they can go on up. Well, okay, you know, I can, I can perform at the improv. And again, I think there is a piece of that necessary to be, to, as you go through this business, like the delusional definitely, confidence. Yes. But there's a difference between confidence and... Um, Just being a dick. Recon- yeah, being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Arrogance, recognizing too, like... That and, and enjoying the process of getting better, and knowing that there, there's you you have a place for. I mean, I, sh- I remember when um, Bobby Lee uh, saw me at the comedy store before, and this is when I first started. Then going on the road and featuring for him, and he asked me. He goes, he uh, he saw me up in the belly room, and then he brings me down. And he goes, "Do you think you could go on right now in the OR after me and crush?" And I go, and "This is about three years in," and I go. <laughs> In my head, I go, fuck no. But I go, you got, yeah, of course, man. So then he goes to ask Tommy if I can. And Tommy, you know, uh, inevitably said, uh, no, like, come around first. I haven't seen you here. Like, mm-hmm. or, you know, and thankfully, because I <laughs> would not have He goes, can you go and do 20 right after me? And Bobby, you know, as you know, high energy always destroys. Right. So right. that would have been, I mean, it would have been suicide. It, it would have really been a, an eye opener. But at the same time, I, so I get that. But I'm glad that didn't happen because I, I got to hear myself say that and go, oh, that would have been bad. Oh, so bad. keep working hard. And when that moment does present itself, because I think right. there is value in saying no or just being um, self-aware. Well, you need – there's there's a difference between confidence and misplaced arrogance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really think there's, there's a, a necessity to become a superstar. You need a certain amount of arrogance along with For that sure. confidence. You have to but, believe you're funnier than every single other person. Right. But you also – have to know where the line is where you don't belong where you where when you run into elisa lampanelli you don't tell her how to do her set (laughs) you know i mean that's just that's not the way you 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 get ahead what happens is that's where you get your head handed to you yeah you know so and then people start talking and then that shit travels like you know you uh, eventually become the person that's doing that, and and he writes on on social media that Lisa Lampanelli was a dick to him, you yeah. know, and it's like you know you you sure that's what happens, that's yeah. what these they all do. I had an incident not, with no no people of note, but uh, back in the day, I used to just run the bar for the most part at the Improv, and and when Mark was there, Mark told me that uh, this guy was complaining about one of the bartenders being rude to him, and he told me what the situation was, and it was a woman. Mm-hmm. And Judy I, Tenuta. <laughs> and I, I said to him, I said, like, you know, I've worked with her. I've never seen this happen. Well, coincidentally, after he told me this, that night he comes up to the bar and he's talking to her and he asks her out. And she very nicely says, I have a boyfriend and I can't. And he turns to me and he goes, What a bitch. Just like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Whoa, this is what this is what happens with people. Yeah. They just, you know, they everybody takes things their own way and just because you say no to somebody doesn't mean you're a bitch or you're a dick or you're whatever. It's like, "Hey, take the no and move yeah. on. Take the take the the praise and move on." But 
this is not you. You're I'm, not. You're not having yeah. it with her. It's not happening. I'm always. Uh, I, I, I always want to know bartenders because you guys see guys hitting on girls, and I'm sure there's oh some pl- lines. Plenty of times when you've seen a guy and hit, say a line or do a gesture where you're just like, yeah, can you give us a it's couple? Not gonna it's work. not happening. Oh, uh, it. You know, most of the time, what it is is like. Can I buy her a drink? Mm-hmm. And you go over to the girl, and she turns, and she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right. And so you have to go back, and you don't want to be rude to the guy right. and, and have him go over to her and, and be a real idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to go like, you know, she said thank you, but no thank you. It's uh, She's waiting for her boyfriend wow. or something you like are, that. See, again, going above nice and guy. beyond. Like that guy, you could go back to that guy and be like, dude, she said no, and she didn't look happy about right. the idea <laughs> looks of like, you being near her. Yeah, it looks and, like you're jerking off tonight, buddy. Sorry. Well, but, but you know me well enough that if I don't like you, that's going to happen. Yeah. I've seen, I'm, I've, I'm, going, to, I've seen I'm happen. going to use those words. I've seen, I've seen you shoot down uh, <laughs> plenty, uh, plenty of it's, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, you know, I, I, don't be rude. I won't be rude. You yeah. know, and, and uh, I, I try my hardest, even if I happen to be in a bad mood, to at least be cordial. You are. You know? You're as real and, as it gets. And it, it's like, that's just me. What you see is what you get. How, you how bummed were you when the improv went through its... I mean, I, I want to talk about that briefly. The, the, you know, the transformation, because we talk about it being a business. And, mm-hmm. and you said when Mark Lano, is that his name? Yeah. Um, came in and you know, saying things like, hey, you can't drink for free and this and that. And, you know, and then recently the improv went through that with trying to turn this the bar that had been the bar mm-hmm. for how many years i mean since yeah. since it, since way before i was into there. a restaurant and then getting rid of the lab and making that mm-hmm. that was a that was a big deal and yeah. it was a big deal for us but i can only imagine what it was like for you because this is a, a spot i mean that was your now it was just basically like oh you have to you, yeah. You're going to a new home mm-hmm. and it's a different home and there's less space i will i will temper my real feelings for when I no longer work there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but in, in general, I thought it was a mistake from the start. And because they put us, they, they made the bar almost like a hotel bar, as yeah. you know, in, in, the, yeah. in, the, uh, in the lab. And they turned it into a restaurant that just had, well, obviously you saw it, it just didn't make it. Yeah. But in all fairness to them, they what they have right now, they've really done a good job and you know, they've got a new menu and it's it's simple and business has been very good and, and the lab is up and running again. And, and the lab is it's a great running addition. as a lab. It gives more comics an outlet to yeah. work, which I think is is a great idea. The shows have all been been good and they're they're trying to kind of uh distance themselves from too many promoter shows now and, yeah. and book book uh, just their own comics and stuff mm-hmm. like that and and it is it is getting uh yeah a, a lot better and then they're going to open up the uh parking lot and it's going to become a beer garden what yes in oh, fact yeah. they should have started to work on it today from what i was the told. parking lot right outside the the yeah. um the lab entrance yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I've already uh, wow. I've yeah. already talked to them about. Uh, I've mentioned a couple times on this podcast that I own a brewery down in San Diego. Right. I've already oh, talked to them. Right? I've already talked to them about uh, getting some of my beer up here. Why not? Yeah, and, and it, it's they're they're going to make uh, it. They now have their license to drink outside there, and that so, is huge. Yeah, and that's that's going to be it, a great game changer because it's L.A. and we have beautiful weather at night. So Why not? That's well, going to be great to just sit sit out there and then. 
in terms of the people watching. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. some, that's some of the best people watching in the city is right, right, is right out front of the doors of the improv. Well, it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons the comedy store has flourished in the last few years is that that front patio has become uh, a, a, a hangout. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's very it's uh, it definitely contributes to the success of. Of the attendance because it's in a very uh, heavily trafficked place and people see that and they see oh what's happening over there and then you see the lights same thing's gonna happen with the uh, the improv I feel yeah that it's it's a great idea it's will really, you go out there then no no I'm gonna stay inside there okay. it's, it's <laughs> he's what, like what I've got go- my station yeah. now what they're going to do from what they've said I don't know when this will actually happen is they're gonna cut a hole in the wall so that the bar will be you for know, a peep show yeah. Brad, you can finally have that dream of yours you've always wanted. <laughs> All right. To be on a Hollywood peep show. I saw it in Amsterdam, and I thought, I'm bringing this to the States. Yeah. You yeah, thought it, you could just drink a, a flippity gibbet. Now you can pay for one from Brad. <laughs> it will be a peep show. Yeah. It's a- <laughs> the, well done. Uh, Get him on stage. Yeah, the, He's got the, a good two minutes. But they're going to have cut a hole in the in the wall so that we can serve people sitting right at the wall. There. I mean, that's genius. Yeah, and, and they're going to have tables and whatever. I don't know. I'm not privy to exactly what they're doing, but they're, it's a great idea. It really is. They finally have put a few things together, and, and one and one is added to two instead of yeah. uh, minus one. Did you have a moment when you went to, back to your old uh, spot, at the, um, the, uh, which is now you know, the mm. main bar? Did you have a moment when you got back there and you just kind of like... Oh, or was it like was you know, it like seeing an old friend? Yeah, where maybe you, you, yeah, you wiped down, you looked, you, you touched something, or you just like you had a moment of just like, ah, fuck, right? Because that was a big, that was a big change for you. Oh, it so was. to go back, that must have been a big relief. And I don't know, like if you did something or you, you closed no, your eyes. It, it was, you... it was just, it, it was just the revelation that as far as being a bartender, that is where I belonged. Not in uh, the little square lab, yeah. hotel, yeah. bar, whatever. <laughs> the Ramada Inn. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it was just a matter of going like, okay, I'm back home. You yeah. know, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Is that you or me? Who was that? I think, I think you. that's my phone. Yeah. Wow. God, so I've, nobody usually calls me. Blowing up. Do you want to get it? Is that your... Uh, no, Is that your I, reminder to have Roger Rabbit call your kids again just to re-up? <laughs> Probably my wife wanted me to bring milk home. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, no I, I, I will say that as, as much as the improv is a landmark of Hollywood. I mean, you have you you, you see the you see the tours that come by there, mm-hmm. and they always stop. And they're like, "This is the world famous Hollywood improv." In uh, certain, I know I know this. I'm speaking for all the comics, but you are as much of a landmark as 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 the building itself. Like we, Thank we you. <laughs> that we go in there and. If we don't see you, it doesn't feel right. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel <laughs> well, good. Thank you. And been, there's been days where I've had either a crap set from somewhere else before I get to the improv or just my day is crap. And I'll literally, knowing that I can go down there and like and, and, and have a moment with you like, is, a, is a game changer. Like, and that's thank like you. seeing you smile that. and talk to you. And you're, it's like all, you're always cordial and pleasant to anybody regardless of – like and even just a simple how you doing, or even just giving me a drink, uh, or telling me you can't have any more, Adam, uh, or, uh, or or get That's it on. Usually, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, when I, when, I, when when he hits that cranberry juice, boy, it's when I like get three crayons in, you don't even want to be around me. I'm a different human. Sugar high is a killer, <laughs> but it's but it's a very like calming, um, and and should not go unnoticed. Like just how uh, how you know. How great you are! Thank you, and, I and appreciate always that. consistency. You know, because um, the I shows appreciate that. and comics come and go, but you're because uh, you never know. Sometimes 
uh, whether or not people do appreciate you <laughs> or not. Oh, of we course, all, we, it's a thankless job. I mean, but yeah. it's. I mean, mm-hmm. trust me, it is discussed, and <clears throat> and uh, people should go out of their way to say it to your face well, more so. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And, and that being said, can you have Charles Flesher call my kid? No wherever problem. he wherever he is, where are you and, gonna be, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, if you, it, the, yeah. Screw Adam's kids. Just have have, tra- have Charles Roger call me as Roger Rabbit. I I want that. Not a problem. And, and tell him that his dick's as big as Milton Burl's. <laughs> Whoa, I ain't going there. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's not gonna lie to me. <laughs> uh, we should. I want to get a uh, just like I know we've t- talked a lot of stories, but I want to get like. Um, Favorite moment, like of all, if, the, if if you can pick, there's probably somebody like favorite or um or uh one that you uh, will never forget, and and one that if you were to write a book, um, <laughs> um, actually, there's really it's very hard to pick a, a favorite moment, but one that always stands out is um, Andy Kaufman leading a conga line of the audience out onto Melrose Avenue. What? He, he led the entire audience out onto Melrose Avenue and back into their seats on, during one night. It was like... Unbelievable. Unreal. The entire audience just followed him out. And, in, and in, you're not in the showroom. No, I'm not You don't in the know showroom. what's going on. All of a sudden, Andy's just walking out. And you see all the people behind him. That's and exactly you're like, what right. the hell is yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you figure on. they're chasing him out. You know? <laughs> Wait a minute. So you saw him perform. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, he was he was great. He he was to me, Andy Kaufman. Uh, he pushed the envelope as far as he could to see what he could get away with, you know. Because some of the things he did to me were just ridiculous, you know. And most of the things he did were genius, you mm, know. I fuck. mean, he, his thing is his imitation of Elvis. His uh, he did this routine where. He um he was like Mighty Mouse. Here I come to save the day. Uh, yeah, and one. it was like yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, and then he would go on stage in the foreign man character that became Latka from Taxi, mm-hmm. and uh, he would just do like all. He would go on there as that guy, do horrible jokes, and mm-hmm. then he'd be like, "Now I'm going to do the impression yeah. of the president <laughs> Jimmy Carter." Well, hello, <laughs> I am President Jimmy yeah, yeah. Carter, and it was just horrible, and the, the audience would just be looking around, and then we'd go, and now I'm going to do the Elvis Presley, and then he would turn around, like strip off sleeves, and yeah. he had that jumpsuit underneath, and he would, and he would come back with the hair, Elvis and he and, was yeah. Elvis, and oh. he did a spot-on impression, he would just blow the audience away when they knew, like, I've been had. That's exactly I've been had. right. It was, he, it was, was so great. That's one of my favorite jokes of all time. He was phenomenal. And when I say he, he pushed the envelope, one day, I mean, I, I, either I made this up or I remember it. I'm not sure. He, <laughs> he, uh, he went up on stage, had a table brought up, sat down at the table, had a server come up, ordered dinner, sat there till dinner came. No jokes, nothing. Had the dinner come, ate the dinner. And left. Oh. That was it. Oh my god! And the audience is just sitting and there, like, it, "When's the jokes gonna happen?" As far as I remember, the audience just sat there giggling in between, like, because he would, you know, you know, Andy Kaufman just looks funny. Yeah, you know the stuff that he was doing, he would just kind of 
look funny. So that was probably a win for him. He heard the laughs and goes, cool, that worked. It's all a win for It was yeah. all a win for him. He, he Fearless just, yeah, yeah. every mm-hmm. time. Uh, the last two I want to ask about uh, that I can't believe we skipped over, but two of my favorites and the reason I got into stand-up, but Jim Carrey and Eddie Murphy, did they ever pop through? Um, very little. Okay. You know, the, they were there. Um, I don't remember them very much. I mean, obviously, I know who they are, yeah, but sure. I don't remember them being there very much. I don't... Uh, uh, Jim Carrey a little more than than Eddie Murphy, um, but Eddie Murphy, I I think they perform mostly uh, at an, at other clubs or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the reasons were yeah. back in the day. There were a little more grudges held for different reasons with right. different people. Were you and there? Different were you there when the comedy when the comedian strike? Happened? I started right after the comedian strike. Okay, that happened right as the improv had a fire. And uh, the fire, as it turns out, was started by uh, Ali Prater, and <laughs> your your, and, your former building mate. Yes, uh, and uh, I think uh, Bud got a death statement from uh, I can't remember the comic's name, who they blamed for doing it. And on his deathbed, he told Bud's attorney who really did it, and it turns out to be uh, Ali Joe Prater, and. Uh, <laughs> It also you have to remember, and I won't mention names because there's no tr- there's no uh, basis for uh, fact here. But mm-hmm. uh, whoever Ali's friends were at the time had to know and were involved. You know, so uh, I I won't mention yeah, the people sure. that work at the store. Well, uh, <laughs> well just so you know, if the, if for any reason that you weren't there, that I was not there. Okay, I was I was not there. But if it but. If, if if it ever happens again, uh, Adam Ray's been—he's yeah, he's been a little yeah, bit on the upset side. Yeah, I've been I've, I've been looking at him. Mm, no way, I'd be kind of watching. I'm him. as cool as a cucumber. <laughs> uh, I know you just don't let people know. You just kind of walk through with the match. <laughs> there it goes. That'll never happen. Dude, I I love that I love that we had you on because <laughs> I mean, like I said, we only we only interact with you at the bar. Mm-hmm. We don't well, know. We don't know what goes on during your day. We 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 don't know. And now I feel like I have a better idea. I had no idea that you were a teacher. No no idea about that background. And well, now you know I have through. nothing to do during the day because I came here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are ever so grateful that uh, ever so grateful that you did. So if you ever come down to the improv, you ever go down to the Hollywood Improv, enjoy the comedy, sure. But uh, be sure to say hi to Eddie. Definitely. Yeah, and if you and and he will shoot you straight because uh, if you think that girl likes you that you're hitting on, guess what? Eddie will tell you she doesn't. <laughs> Definitely, I've told you that a couple of times. <laughs> Eddie, you're the best. Thank Thanks, you. Eddie. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So that's the show.
listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.